welcome to Hearthaholics, a Hearthstone strategy podcast about sitting back, chatting with friends, and figuring out how to be more awesome at this game. I'm Brian, and joining me today are my two co-hosts who have joined me on almost every episode, the first of which is the one who has done that, Andres. Hello, Andres. Hey, Brian. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm glad I have, like, perfect um, attendance. attendance. Yes, exactly. You get a little badge, uh, a gold <laughs> star. Uh, Billy, on the other hand, doesn't get that because he doesn't have perfect attendance yet. But, you know, he's still awesome, so he's allowed to stay. Hey, Billy, how you doing? I'm I'm very disappointed. I wanted the perfect attendance badge pretty badly. I mean, it's really, really beautiful when you look at it. <laughs> I know. It's like, <laughs> it's like a new card back. Everyone's so excited about how, like, shiny and animated it looks. That's the, it's the equivalent for this perfect attendance badge. So. Yeah. Everyone needs to be jealous of Andres, the only person who has it. I'm not allowed to have one because, you know, I made it. And that would yeah, that, that would just wouldn't one. be fair if you were giving yourself some badges. That's kind exactly. of that would that's mean like I'm going like... to a trophy store and buying your own trophy, <laughs> saying like number one dad or something. I did that after Taco, <laughs> after the Taco tournament, even though I was like in eighth place. I still bought myself an eighth place. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this when, uh, if, it, if this trophy. was a classroom, somebody would be going in the back like, nerd. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But this isn't a classroom. This is a podcast. And uh, speaking of uh, Taco and the Angry Chicken in general, I wanted to mention them here real quick at the top of the show. They are a fellow Hearthstone podcast, if you've not heard of them. Probably anyone listening to this has, though. In my Probably. opinion, they're kind of like the Hearthstone podcast that got in really early. Um, but I wanted to mention them because... For anyone that doesn't know, they're kind of, they are not kind of, but fully the podcast that inspired this one, because we actually met all as members of their community through the game night we do for them. And recently on their podcast, they mentioned Hearthaholics, and they're one of their hosts, uh, Dills, had listened to our episode and was talking a bit about us, and it was great to get a shout out from them. So I just wanted to mention them. Yeah, and that was really them. awesome of them for doing it. Uh, really wanted to thank them for that. Yeah, exactly. Especially since Dill's listened to our first episode and he's like, they didn't mention us on their on their show. So these don't seem like very grateful people. And I'm like, oh, shoot, that's right. It took us until like the second or third episode. No, no, we, we are all fans oh. of that show and it, it's an awesome show. Definitely check it out. If you guys, yeah. for some reason, haven't heard about the Angry Chicken and listen to this podcast. Yeah, it is like has the most heart and character and quality of any uh, Hearthstone podcast I've been able to find yet. It is just so excellent. Honestly, I love everything coming from Frog Pants, which is like the production podcast studio that helps uh, produce that. So yeah, check out all the stuff. Yeah, some cool stuff over there for sure. Yes. So I just wanted to throw that out there. The other thing I wanted to talk about here real quick um, is our new format. So our show thus far, for anyone who's been listening has just been going through the five wings from Black Rock Mountain. So we've kind of had our content cut, that, cut out for us. We're just like, you know, discuss the new cards, discuss the new bosses, the meta changes, etc. But now we're kind of moving into our own of having to figure out, you know, what are we going to talk about on a weekly basis? And we've decided we really wanted to focus on just everyday strategy on how we can improve playing Hearthstone or really any strategy or card game. Um, that's what most of our conversations go down to anyway, is just talking about this kind of everyday improvement of strategy. And we also are really interested in strategy that's delivered rather than a teaching format, wherein we have all this knowledge and try to impart it to listeners. We're really interested in just discussing strategy and concepts with each other and then letting people just listen to those discussions and take from them what, what they will. We're kind of learning through this podcast as much as anyone else will. So we'll see how that goes. But that's really what spoke to us is really interesting content. Um, the way we're going to be doing that is every week, each of us will bring one 
topic that we're interested in improving on or interested in talking about in relation to strategy, and we'll just discuss that. So every week I'll bring something, Andres will bring something, Billy will bring something, and we'll discuss each of them a little bit through the show and see what conclusions we come to. So that is our new format, and I'm pretty excited about and about seeing how all that goes. So before we <sighs> before we get into that, may I yes, talk Billy. about the Hearthstone slash Heroes news, the crossover news? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So, oh, yeah, we should probably touch a little bit on that. So, for people that don't know, uh, on... Hold on, getting my dates right here. Da, 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 I apologize. Uh, May 19th, the <laughs> research open... Billing. I, I, I had the research in front of me. I just couldn't see the date. I was I was skimming through the, the article. Okay. Uh, open beta for Heroes of the Storm starts on May 19th, and then the game yes, will release sir. on June 2nd. And sometime between there, I don't see an actual date for it, um, but they're going to be releasing a Hearthstone card back that has, like, the Heroes of the Storm logo on it, and it looks really, really cool. The um, card back looks awesome, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it really does. It's probably one of the better card backs to come out of the game. Yeah, they capture that futuristic, like, sci-fi kind of look of Heroes. Yeah. It looks really cool. Yeah, I can definitely see this in the game. Opening packs with this is going to look really cool. But um, <laughs> yeah. they're also bringing out a mount in Heroes, which is a Hearthstone card. That's and what I'm there's, excited about. There's, there's yeah. three different variants for it. One is the default um, and the Pandaren one, which came from Season 1, I think. That's still and one of my favorite the, card backs. Yeah. And the second tint is the Legendary card back. So that's mm-hmm. the Heroes slash Hearthstone news, and it's... I'm really excited for that, that they're willing to do stuff like that. Also, you get both of these things for free, um, both the mount and the card back. You have to earn them in-game. I think it's like 100 wins in Hearthstone, and you get the Mm -hmm. mount, and I forget how you get the card back, but it's really easy. I think it's account level 12. Yes, if you reach level 12 on Heroes, you get the card back. I think the Hearthstone one is a lot harder, probably, or more of a time. If you haven't played Heroes yet, you should be able to get that level 12 in... I don't know. It's probably one sitting, honestly. Yeah, probably (laughs) one sitting, because at level 7, you get like a stim pack for 12 days, right? So you'll get double XP from level 7. So So I recently... I don't know if either of you guys have heard of Hots Logs. Um, Oh, I'm not a fan of that. (laughs) I it's it's a it's I've heard it talk about it's kind of it's like a stat tracking thing for Heroes of the Storm. It's not perfect, but it basically uses your replays and data to give you like win percentages and stuff. Oh interesting. A little bit like hearth stats and stuff like that. Kind of like different combinations or compositions of team or what? Um more of like what character were you playing, how much did you win with that character, how much have you won on different maps. Oh, Um, I see. And then it kind of assigns you your it's guess i believe at your mmr and then like what league you would be in like silver platinum etc oh it's kind of like a crossover to league of legends to see how you compare or something like that yep exactly well not not, necessarily but it's saying like this all came out like the equivalent pretty much this all came out before we had hero league and um team league so it was their way of seeing how good you compare to everyone else so they would take the stats and calculate it the same way league of legends does so that and and before, Brian, I, I'm sure you have a point here, Brian, but I really dislike this website because it's very not <laughs> accurate at all. Uh, it really? tries to tell me that my Murky is still level 6 um, and <laughs> that my Jaina is level 10, which is weird because I got my Murky before I got my Jaina level 10. So it's very confusing. Mm. I don't know how it's calculating your wins and your levels and stuff like that because it doesn't do a very good job of it. It well, says you I need believe... to upload your replays and stuff, but I've never uploaded a replay, so theoretically all my stuff should be zero. 
So I don't know. I believe how it's calculating it, and this is through hearsay, um, is that anyone who's running Hots Logs is creating, putting data up into the server. So it's just giving you the matches where you are matched with someone else who is running the program. Oh. Not all of your matches. Um, So once you start running the program, it'll be 100% of your data. But the data that's collected before that point will only be for matches where someone, one of the 10 players, was running this. So it is very spotty. Um, I've, I've literally just glanced at the website. Uh, what were you going to say, Billy? I, I don't, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's, that's can't be the case, at least in my mm. situation, because maybe so. The, it's calculated a lot of my games and I still don't have a lot of stuff. Like it's hard to explain what I mean without going into yeah, detail, but there's a lot of stuff that's missing on my stats and there's a lot of stuff that's missing on my levels but I still have a lot of games recorded on that site. Meanwhile, I've never mm-hmm. touched it before. So it's it's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. I try to I stay away from that because a lot of the yet. features that are on Hot Slogs will eventually be in the Heroes of the Storm game anyway. So it's not yep. something that I try to concern myself with. Yeah, it with. seems like something that they might add to the game later because that tracking in that sort of game is pretty common. Yeah, yeah I would I imagine agree. they're already it's tracking like... it. It's just they're not displaying it. Yeah, it's not visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep, it was just interesting to see. I don't know how much I'll end up using it or how accurate the data is yet, but I heard some stuff about it on Into the Nexus, a uh, a Peers of the Storm podcast, so I was curious to to check it out. And I was just curious what league they would toss me in based on my playing, and apparently I am silver for whatever that's worth. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's weird that they don't display that in a better way either. They just display it in the League way, which for people that haven't mm, played League makes I zero sense. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, uh, I played StarCraft and I could get to gold, so I guess I'm better at StarCraft than I am Heroes? I really don't know. Yeah, it's, um, it's I doubt very, that though. Yeah, it's very hard to judge that <laughs> at all. But yeah, uh, what have you guys been up to this week? Before we jump into strategy here, anything fun going on with you? I've been playing a ton of the of Ladder this week. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do a big push this uh, this month. See if I can get up to legend. We'll we'll see. I'm jealous. Oh yeah. Which which deck are you going with? Which one do you think? Um. Oh, that's actually a good question. There are so many. Is get it Temple Mage? What What's your guess? Oh, Patron Billy? Warrior. Patron Warrior. <laughs> yeah, Patron Warrior. Of course. Yep. I I really like that deck. That deck is just I don't know. It's so powerful and it's so cool. And I as I play it more, I get better at it, and it's just, it just surprises me every time. Yep. Plus, cool. How... I also splurged this week. <gasps> Did you I buy packs? Not packs. I finally oh. cave in and I crafted my first golden legendary. Oh, wait a minute. What if did we? Patron did we warrior is Gromish in that deck. It is, but is not the one that I crafted. Oh, I I actually don't know what other legendaries are in that deck. What did you craft? I. I went for the one that I was going to use the most because mm-hmm. I went through all my decks and I realized that I have it in 90% of them. Mm, Millhouse Manastorm. You Boom. got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's the doctor. The doctor. Oh, Boo. yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Of course. How could it not be? Plus, it's like three in one, right? Recraft golden doctor. <laughs> yeah, Boom, you get, and then you, you get, get like two extra boom golden boombots, yeah. which, which looks badass. Yeah, <laughs> that was... is value right there. That's, that's a good investment. Although. For for people watching, if you if you're starting to invest in golden cards, you should. Well, I say invest. If you're starting to get golden cards, because there's no investment there, um, mm-hmm. then you should. Well, you don't know. Maybe like the... three years down the line, Hearthstone becomes like super popular. You can sell your account for like thousands of dollars. <laughs> Andres, we do not support account selling. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, so any kind. <laughs> um, as I was saying, you should 
start if you're going to start crafting golden cards you should craft the ones that come from the soul adventures because there's no way to pull them and yep. that yeah decreases your chance in like wasting dust essentially smart point there billy i hadn't actually thought of that before but uh that's an interesting point i feel like such a um such a grinch about golden <laughs> cards because <laughs> i don't care like I never notice a card is golden until someone points out how cool it looks. And for whatever reason, I'm just so focused on what the card does and what the game is, what's going on in the game, that I don't really ever notice if cards are golden or not. I um, wish I could live in your world, but I don't. <laughs> like, I, I need my cards to be golden. It's weird. Yeah. They yeah. just look too badass. Like, as an art lover, I just like staring at them. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's something about, like, the animations and the combination of colors. Just They just yeah. look really, really cool to me. And honestly, I'm not a person who crafts a lot of golden cards. In fact, this is probably only, like, the fourth golden card I've ever crafted. Um, But now that I'm getting closer to a full collection, it's, like, it's the only thing that I, you know, can get now. Yep. I was actually, again, listening to that last Angry Chicken episode, I was getting pretty sold on crafting golden um, uh, summoning unstable portal, unstable portals, because yeah. whatever you get out of them is gold. Like, hey, that's me, true. Like, yeah, that's, you can get some mm, badass stuff from that thing. I'm kind of considering that. Like, because you that, run into the problem of now you have to play unstable portal. <laughs> oh, I've been playing a ton of unstable portal in what really? I've been playing this week. Yeah, I've been playing Tempo Mage. I'm and this past week, I've just been going on the ladder with it. And let me pull up my stats here because I've been tracking all of my stats with, uh, what is it called? Hearthstone Deck Tracker? Yeah, that yeah, one. I believe that's what it's called. That's the one. Um, I am at a 76% win ratio with it um, with 21 games logged. Nice. Um, that's so very good. I've Yeah, I've only dropped five games. And I've just been super impressed with the deck so far. Like, its ability to sustain fairly well, but also just keep the pressure up. Like, it is a it is a ludicrously fun deck to play. For sure. Um, and kind of afterwards, I was finding out like how popular it is right now. I've actually, the mirror matchup is really popular with it. Um, because apparently, this deck is kind of, apparently, someone got like number one on one of the servers with it recently. Um, with a version that turned out to be very similar to the one I'm running. I think like pretty much the only difference right now is I don't have a Sylvanas. So I'm running uh, Emperor Tharosan in my sixth slot. You've never crafted Sylvanas? Uh, no, I've. Wow. My, the last two legendaries I've crafted were other ones that were really important. I think it was, might have been, no, I think I drew Yuseri. It might have been Harrison was the last legendary I crafted. Well, you should probably craft Sylvanas before the golden and stable portals. Oh, man. Yeah, Going back to the main I, point I, of this. I, Gosh I, darn it. I don't know <laughs> how you live in a world without a Sylvanas. It's, it's a, a bummer. It's a tough world. I, I, don't, have, like, those... I, I don't use it in every deck, but like every time I go to make a deck with Sylvanas and then I don't you have Sylvanas, her. Yeah. that has to be a huge issue. Like, ah, There's ah. always something else I want to be crafting more. Like, <laughs> um, like right now, I'm like, but I want Draxus. Well, Draxus so good. I could craft too. Although usually you can find a little more use out of Sylvanas. She, yeah, she's I like mean, any class card is tough yeah. to, to prioritize before. I but Draxus the- gets just style points, right? He's just a bad, a badass. Exactly. Um, well, granted, Sylvanas is pretty awesome too. Well, but true. <laughs> Draxus isn't even in Heroes of the Storm. So you but you become Draxes, and then you start summoning Infernals. Like that, yeah, that's cool. I'm pretty excited about that. Point. I believe the only class legendary I've ever crafted was uh, Gromish, because I just played so much Control Warrior and didn't have that finisher. 
that yeah. it kind of became necessary. Kind of required, yeah. <laughs> I actually won a lot of games with Control Warrior before getting them, but you know that's when I was new at it and in the lower levels. But it worked out okay, but it's pretty dang important. So yeah, yeah, he's pretty useful for sure. But yeah, um, Tempo Tempo Mage has been probably it's the first deck I've been able to latch onto since mid range Paladin has been less. Uh, you know, that's a deck that I haven't meta. had much experience with. I've, I've been meaning to try it, but I've just been playing so much uh, Patron Warrior that mm-hmm. um, I haven't given it a chance. But it's a deck that looks really, really cool. I love the the way the cards interact and um, yeah. how you can take over the board and kind of like never let your opponent catch up. Yeah, it's just got a lot of fun synergies for it. You can do really cool things like play um, on turn three, or sorry, turn, yeah, three, you can play... Oh, what's it called? The Apprentice? I don't know why the name is eluding me. The one that the makes Sorcerer's Apprentice. Sorcerer's Apprentice. There you go. And then play an Unstable Portal on turn three, which is some pretty nice tempo, especially if you already have like a uh, Mana Worm that's getting a buff from you playing the spell. Yeah. Um, so there are just lots of ways to like keep your tempo and make little decisions that manipulate the board. Yeah. It's a very fun deck for me to be trying Same with out. like Flame Cannon. I freaking hate that card. Yeah. That card has ruined my day like so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a tough one um it's actually currently i think i'm just gonna i'm not running any right now and i might run one just because the random effect is a, can sometimes uh you know get you in trouble if it hits the wrong thing but it, it can be a pretty darn good tempo play so yeah i'm a fan of this deck a lot i think my favorite thing to do is get in the mirror matchup and then play a kazan mystic against the other one <laughs> secrets are such an important part i didn't actually originally have kazan mystic in my deck then i did a mirror matchup the person played Kazan Mystic, and I just conceded. The entire game was just impossible yeah. at that point. It was well, like, what am I supposed to now do? Now the mirror matchups are really funny, because you play the Kazan Mystic, yep. and then your opponent plays their Kazan Mystic. Yep. It's kind of like, who's, who's going to do it first? Yeah. yeah, it's like a standoff, like a Western standoff. Mm-hmm. Both players are just looking at each other, just like saying, <laughs> like, who's going to pull the trigger first? Uh, yeah, there's just like a whistling sound in the background, <laughs> and the tumbleweed flies by. <laughs> yeah, And then you're like, oh, shoot, I'm roping. <laughs> anyway, Billy, that was it sounds good. Like... That just that just kind of went through my head there. That, that <laughs> oh no, I'm roping. Yeah, I just got that. That was that was good. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so you apparently, Billy, in, in in addition to not showing up for Hearthstone podcasts, have not been playing any Hearthstone. I know. I, I mean, I've been playing a little bit of Hearthstone. I played okay. a couple games with some friends of mine. I actually made because I'm going to start making videos on this channel. If you're watching it on the YouTube, and if you're watching it on iTunes, I'm going to start making videos on the Hearthaholics channel uh, mm-hmm. this week, uh, starting on, fr- uh, well, I don't have the dates quite sorted out, but the way I'd like to do it is I'd do one on Friday, then Saturday, and then Sunday, and then we'll wait till next week, and then we'll do another one on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Anyway, oh, very cool. Um, reason why I bring that up is because I was playing a deck that I wanted to showcase on uh, the channel, which is a deck that I made called Unload Hunter. Now, it's not necessarily... Hmm. It's not- it's not a good deck. Let's make that clear. But it's really fun. Um, and I wanted a reason to play Hunter because I was bored of playing every- everything else. Um, so it's it's kind of just a deck that has low-cost stuff, as Hunter likes. And uh, it has a lot of stuff that puts more stuff on the board. So I'm running Razorfen Hunter. I'm not ho- I'm not running anything that you would like to keep in your hand. The idea is that you play anything you have the mana for. It's even running Wisps to get cards out of your hand. And the idea mm. is that you have stuff like Quickshot and Coragia, and there's not really a bad card to top deck in the deck other than like <laughs> Wisp and raise and like just tiny tiny minions. 
And it's mm-hmm. actually, I mean, I went from 17 to 14 without losing with it, so. Oh, that's, that's actually, that's impressive. That's yeah. better than I was doing early in the season. So. Oh, I started on a win streak, though, so, like, it's kind of hard. So to- does it run Deathwing? <laughs> no, it does not run Deathwing mainly. Because How can it not run Deathwing? <laughs> I don't that own is a the ultimate alone oh, card. I don't own a yeah, Deathwing. You, it would, probably is, would run a Deathwing if if I had access to a Deathwing. It'd probably be running a yep. Deathwing. But does it, it run Sylvanas? It's, it's been it's been quite a lot of fun. Uh, no, it does not run Sylvanas because oh, okay. that's a big guy and it's hard to get out of your hand. But mainly, I've just been distracted oh, with Netflix. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I wish I had a better excuse for not playing Hearthstone other than yep. Netflix. But Netflix has been very distracting. What have you been watching on Netflix? And for people who are like, why, why is he suddenly so obsessed with Netflix? Like, why wasn't this true last week? Uh, <laughs> Billy is in Australia, and they didn't have Netflix for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's it, rough over there in Australia. Yeah. But now we have access to Netflix, and I've been really enjoying it. I've almost finished Daredevil. I've almost finished Prison Break. Well, not really. I kind of just started Prison Break. I'm on the second season now. Uh, my you, friend you wanted to well watch... stop right there, honestly. My friend, oh, um, fired. You, no, seriously, the first two seasons are great, but it goes way downhill. Uh, a friend of mine wanted to watch a show called The 100 with me, which mm. he is eagerly trying to convince me that it's a great, amazing oh, show and I need to get past the, the first couple episodes. Is that the AMC show about the, the people who disappear? Uh, no, that's you're oh, thinking, okay, thinking of about- like the 4,400 or something. I know the show you're thinking of. <laughs> this is this is the 100. It's a show on the CW, and the CW does like I, I don't know. I Arrow? love the CW. They do Arrow. They do Flash. They do Supernatural. They do a bunch mm. of shows that I love. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just super. Addicted. Oh, I didn't realize they were the same guys who did Arrow and Supernatural. Yeah, man. Huh. Cool. Uh, I've been I've been really enjoying Netflix. It's it's been I don't know. It's very distracting. It's bad for me. <laughs> But. I've been interested in trying out Daredevil. I've heard very good things about it, and I've been super into Marvel recently with, you know, Age of Ultron and everything coming out. Oh, uh, but I'll see it this week. I'm so behind, but I'm finally going to see it. Oh, that's awesome. Philly, have you seen it yet? Uh, my, I, it's not on Netflix, I, unfortunately. No, no, no. So the issue, <laughs> the issue is uh, my brother dropped out. Me and him were going to go see it together, um, but he had... His prior requirement was with me. He booked a date with me to go watch a movie. Oh, no. But his appar- apparently his uh, his girlfriend takes preference, which is fair enough. Uh, oh, what his, a flake. I know, right? He, he He's needed- obviously not watched enough uh, Supernatural, where brotherly love is the number one virtue. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he... Uh, he- it was fair enough. He, he no, I guess, yeah, girlfriend. Day. Yeah, I guess that's a fair enough excuse. Nope, it's not. I'm taking a hard line on this. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But yeah, I want to check out Daredevil. I also heard it was, um, they have this, some writers that also wrote for Angel, which was the Buffy spinoff that was fantastic. Oh. That made me more excited to see like how that series turns out. It's really, really good. I, I didn't think I was going to like it. And the only reason why I haven't finished it is just because the most recent episode that I had seen was mm-hmm. an episode that ended on kind of a sad note for me because I I can't say anything, but um, yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was just I don't know I I, I will go back to it because it's a really good show, but I, I don't awesome. know it's just yeah it's a lot to take in. It sounds very dark, it sounds pretty Jeez. intense. So <laughs> surprisingly dark. Uh, TV's dark these days, man. Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Uh, I like it. I though. blame I blame Batman, The Dark Knight. 
<laughs> no, You're you right, can't. Yeah. All, right, all right, all right. I didn't or like not the any, Dark Knight, but just the Batman series. I didn't like any of the recent Batman films, but Batman is one of my favorite superheroes. So no, so oh, no, I agree. No Batman hate. He's. Awesome. I love Batman. I just don't. I didn't love that treatment of Batman. I should be even more disappointed with this movie just because it wasn't connecting with me. Even though Batman as a character typically does. Yeah. I really enjoy his stuff. Although so. I do kind of like that they're kind of making it a little more more badass, less you know, mm. bright blue underpants. Kind of thing. <laughs> well, yeah, but they were they managed that in the in the nineties in, in the animated series. It's been a while since the days of the nineteen sixties Batman movie. Granted, that is pretty awesome in its own utterly dumb way. But <laughs> anyway, we should true. we should probably move on from Batman, yeah, we get back on track. Too, and uh, and talk about some Hearthstone strategies. So we all have our topics to bring this week. I shall start with mine, and that is this simple question: What is your biggest weakness when it comes to Hearthstone strategy? Ooh. Like, what do you most need to improve on? Uh, I'll go ahead and start here, just so you guys can get an idea of uh, what sort of things I'm talking about here. I think. Where I struggle the most in terms of learning decks or playing Hearthstone, the, the obvious answer for me is like I don't put enough time into it. But you know that's that's kind of a cop out. That's true yeah, for anyone. That, you can that always, is very much a cop out. You can put more time into anything and get better at it. Yeah. Um, I think something, and it goes back to what we've talked about a lot. Like ever since we first started talking about Hearthstone, Andres is I'm not very good at closing out with a deck, of finishing things, of figuring out how the deck is actually going to win. I play control decks and I very much play to eventually have the upper hand of the opponent and always have an answer in my hand. But I'm do you, typically you, do very you feel un- like you play too much in the defensive sometimes? Yeah, I'm very uncomfortable having to extend myself out and possibly be at the temporary disadvantage to like to win a game or knowing like playing- when to switch gears. Yeah, like Face Hunter is I, I'm terrified of that deck just because I don't like having to put my life on the line and just hope I draw the right thing and win. I like yeah. playing Control Warrior where I'm just like I always have something in my hand to react to what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So what do you guys think about that? Have you ever had found similar troubles or do you find yourself like that's one of your strengths or what about you? So honest? that that's an interesting thing that you say, because that does happen a lot. And I, I'm I'm sure that you're not the only person that that happens. Um it's it's a fine line, especially depending on the deck that you're playing. Uh, you really need to know your deck up and down. And I feel like it's a matter of planning, right? Um, mm. A lot of people just play the game and they they concentrate one turn at a time. And it, I think it's a, a matter of thinking ahead. You need to think about what you're going to do the next turn and the turn after that. And depending on what deck you're playing against, I, I feel like... You really need to create a plan, right? Know which cards on your deck are going to win you that match and play for those cards and try to do as much as, as much as you can to put yourself in that situation where you know you're going to win. So it's kind of like creating like a mental roadmap ahead of you. Like a, a good example is, for example, um, uh, Combo Druid, right? That's a very simple deck with, with a very general strategy where you you want to put enough pressure to where in turn nine, you can finish him off with a combo. That's like a standard win for that deck. So your plan to in the whole game should be to get yourself to that point. And that might come earlier or that might come later than turn nine, depending on what your opponent's playing and what cards you're getting. But basically the whole time you're playing your, your thought process needs to revolve 
around that idea. How do I win with this deck? With Control Warrior, you're right. You just kind of lean back and try to prolong the game until you have a great advantage of your opponent since you can gain life through armor. And then you also have a ton of removal and big-ass dudes that your opponent needs to worry about in the later stages of the game. But then you have some closing, some closing stuff like Gromash, or you can finish off your opponent with just plain weapons or one of your big dudes. Yeah, I think that's something I've definitely had trouble with is like, for example, back when I used to play Oil Rogue, people, you included, talk about how like important counting up damage is for that deck. Um, and I don't feel I played that deck too poorly, but often I would just play for, you know, I would push for damage, but I wouldn't be very specific about how I would eventually get lethal. I would just kind of make value plays and push for damage where I could and remove minions when I could. But my mind is always just thinking of how can I get the most value out of the cards I'm holding and not overextend myself. But I'm not necessarily thinking long term like, okay, when I draw an eviscerate, that'll be my second eviscerate and that'll be 16 damage. And that is exactly how I'm going to win. Yeah, I'm much more general in my thinking. I feel I'm very good at like avoiding losing a lot of minions to an AOE or something. Because yeah. I'm very, I very much do not try to overextend or play out my hand. But on the other hand, I think there are games I lose that I could have won if I pushed more specifically at a certain time and got them down to the correct damage. It's like I never see Druid lethal coming. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty much like that. You need to have like a mental map in your in your head, and you need to know um, what your opponent is capable of. If they can heal, if they cannot heal, if you're gonna have enough damage, and it's a it's a, a skill pretty much you need it's a state of mind kinda because you need to always keep into account all of your threats and what and your opponent's answers or their threats and your answers right and you have to time them right so that you never overextend or you never um hold to them like too too much mm-hmm yeah and it it can be really tough it's something that i'm gonna it also to... has to do with, you know, learning a lot of different decks and how they work and strategies against them. So mm-hmm. it, it does require some research. Uh, but yeah, the best players always have a mental map. Yeah, you start at turn one and it's like, what? Is, how am I going to win this yeah, game? I'm not just going to be playing from cards. turn but I'm one, they're already so- thinking about every card in their deck and how they're going to use it. Something mm-hmm. else that good players will be able to do is if it's kind of like a strange deck that isn't really seen in the meta ever... You can kind of judge, depending on how slow or how quick uh, the deck is, what types of cards they're going to have. For instance, Andres just mentioned that are they going to have healing, are they not going to have healing. If you see like a super, super slow like Hunter, which is like, you know, haven't been seen in like forever. You oh, could yeah. You could maybe take the, rather than taking the chance of, oh, I'll have lethal next turn, you could try and keep in mind, well, maybe because he's slow enough, he might have an anti-kill bot. Now that, That's a uh, really good point. I um, honestly yeah, don't neutrals. typically put much thought into how you much... You really need to read your opponent. Uh, that's a good example, Billy. Like, for example, um, if you're facing a hunter, and on turn one, they play an abusive sergeant, you can almost instantly deduce that that's oh, a yeah. face hunter, and that your plan from that point on is to try to avoid as much damage as you can while taking over the board and going to the aggressive. Mm-hmm. While... If you see like their first turn is maybe a uh, a little the web spinner, then you can more like more than likely assume that that's a mid range hunter, and your right. plan changes suddenly. You don't need to uh, play as aggressive, but you know that you're gonna have to have a solid mid game. I cannot let him get ahead through there. 
uh, because they they have the the end game to kill you. So it becomes less about finishing the game quickly and more about gaining tempo at that point. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think a, I think a lot of it can come down to this idea of looking ahead in the game to what's potentially coming. And I think that's something that isn't immediately something I was doing in Hearthstone. And I think it's something that isn't intuitive to a lot of people where Hearthstone seems very simple when it's just like, here's the turn. Here's how much mana you have. Here are the, the cards you have. What is the most efficient way you can play this turn? Um, that's kind of the first level of Hearthstone strategy. And I think a lot of people who say Hearthstone doesn't have you know a lot of strategy to it are people who kind of see that as the only layer of strategy. Um, but the layer of strategy beyond that is like, well, what's going to happen the next turn of the turn after that? What could they potentially draw or play? What are you going to be doing yeah. two turns from now? Because maybe playing, pushing for damage in this turn seems like the, the sensible thing to do from the current board state and the cards in your hand. But in terms of what's actually coming from that specific deck two turns from now, it's actually the worst play. Um, an example of this is like looking out for flame strike on turn seven or turn six if they have coins. Yeah, playing, thinking, playing around your opponent. Right, and I feel I'm much better right now about doing that defensively. Again, avoiding the flame strike. Yeah, avoiding the AOE and thinking about what could they play to kill me rather than thinking I should push for damage because they don't have a way to sustain themselves. I'm never really thinking about their defenses being down. I'm thinking more about keeping my own defenses up because I yeah. just don't want to lose the game. I'm not thinking about winning it, if that makes sense. <laughs> you just want to sit there for an hour and control the board when no one loses. Well, I do play Control Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> That would actually be a really fun game to just play once, where like you have infinite health, and the winner is the person who has board control for two turns or something. <laughs> that truly is board control. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that could be that could be a card. Yeah, like a like a winning condition. Like if you play this card, and the card might be able to say, if this card stays in play for two or three turns, you win the game. Or something like that. Oh, well, yeah, that can't exist of because of weird. like Mistress of Pan, uh, not Mistress of Pan, uh, Master of the Skies. But <laughs> I, I don't think Hearts, like I think Blizzard is is. I won't say scared. I'll say hesitant to uh, add alternate win conditions. Yeah, alternate win conditions. I think they want forever. I want. Yeah. I think they want to keep it at uh, once your opponent is at zero. Like, yeah. I think that's the only thing that they're going to I mean, you have. can limit that sort of thing, right? Like, this card cannot be targeted by any spells or creature abilities. It can only be killed, let's say, with uh, hero damage. All right, Billy, here's how we could do it then. If this card survives for two turns, deal 30 damage to your opponent. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there you there go. You go. It's still problem getting them solved. to zero. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Well, well actually, that would actually uh, be fine because armor, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Warrior becomes, just... becomes, like, really good. Yeah. Yep. Priests are like, damn. And just imagine this card is a two drop, just like going down to turn one. Uh, anyway, um, it's actually one reason I've been playing a lot of Tempo Mage is because I feel it's a good deck to force me to. It can't. Change it doesn't have a late game, really. It doesn't have an end game. It's end game are basically two finishers, two things to kind of, you know, take out your opponent with yeah. Dr. Boom, you're pushing for the last damage, or Rag. Um, you're kind of pushing for that last damage. So it's really forcing me. It's not an outright aggro deck, I, I don't think. It's not like, you know, face well, the, or something. It's in the name, right? A tempo mage. Basically, yeah. your win condition is always staying ahead in tempo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like even more than Paladin, it's it's more about keeping aggressive on the opponent and constantly Why? Like, staying a step ahead. I think Paladin has more catch-up. I don't uh, mean to stay it. on this for, for too long, but... Sure. Why have you not gravitated towards the Dragon Paladin? 
I don't know. Um, one reason is because I haven't had the time to try out all of the decks that have come uh, post. Uh, I almost said GVG, and that's completely wrong. Blackrock. Post, yeah. Bla- post Blackrock. And this one just kind of intrigued me. Um, you but should I think. Try Brian There's Kibler's, a lot of stuff to try out, honestly. You should try Brian Kibler's Dragon Paladin. And I think you'll really like it because you keep mentioning that, you know, um, mid range Paladin has kind of dropped a little bit. I think mm-hmm. the Dragon Paladin is really, really fun. And it's also really, really good. So I yeah, think that you're going to have that, a lot did, of fun with that. He oh, did awesome. make a cool version of that deck. Brian Kibler has been working on a mid range like Dragon deck for a while. Mm-hmm. And he has it pretty refined so far. Last time I saw him, he was already like uh, high rank four playing with the deck oh, and fantastic. he's trying to play it to legend so it definitely works well paladin and brian kibler are two of my favorite things about hearthstone so <laughs> i'm i think i'll definitely try that that I, I think i've logged enough games with temple mage and i'm feeling comfortable with it uh, understanding it and maybe moving on to uh to something else for a little bit and i think i'll i think i'll definitely try that i was also on a little side note really happy to see uh brian kibler win that tournament last week oh challenge stone yeah yeah that's uh that was a really cool tournament that uh, now that you mentioned that, and uh, it's really cool that Brian Kibler won it because yeah. did you guys read the article that he did about it? I didn't yet. I should check uh, that out. He though. talks really about like that written. tournament and he talks about why he he got so far in it. Uh, and I thought it was really cool because he he says that his strength has always been more in deck building and mm-hmm. figuring out like uh, different problems and the meta game and seeing mm-hmm. what's good and trying to conform the whole strategy for a deck than actually playing itself, although he's also a really good player. Um, yeah. And that this tournament pretty much highlighted all of his strengths. And you you can see, he his mm-hmm. decks were probably one of the more refined ones out of the whole tournament. Yeah, I'm really excited to see. I think they're doing this tournament monthly now, so I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Because yeah, I think it brings some weird rules, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm basically just looking at it and taking notes for our meetups, our... our uh, our angry chicken uh, game nights because I'm like, hmm, I could I could do one of our casual tournaments at these rules. These are, these are the <laughs> yeah, actually, it's not bad. We'll just plagiarize all of their rule set. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get. It's no problem. We'll get forty thousand viewers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds normal. Easy. Um, let's move on here to your topic, Andres. That you brought. Well, are week. we gonna just say your weakness? Because I feel like we just kind of. Oh like my god! I'm so sorry. I forgot that was not the full topic. Andres, know, what's your biggest weakness? So long. It's like less than a third of the. We well, we did touch on the... that for quite a while. Uh, yeah. Good catching me there, Andres. That that became a pretty big topic. But narcissist that I am, I'm like no one else. Let's move on. <laughs> no, yeah, right. you're, the, you're the only one with weaknesses in this podcast. It's just <laughs> yeah, see that's are, it. I just I assume you guys perfect. are perfect. Yep. But yeah, we, we can move along here <laughs> a little a little bit quicker. But Andres, yeah, go ahead. What's uh what do you see as your biggest Hearthstone weakness? So sometimes I catch myself, um, especially after the latter reset, mm-hmm. not not giving my full one hundred percent. Um how how should I wear this? Maybe I don't assume that my opponent is gonna be um, that good, especially oh, at yeah. the at Damn the lower it, Andres, ranks. Damn it, took my floor. And I get a little confident, <laughs> and then I pay the price. Billy, uh, no, this is excellent for time constraints. If you guys have the same flaw, we can have the one discussion. There it's you awesome. go. We we can share a flaw, Billy. <laughs> yeah. Mm, so right. the the reality <laughs> is that in Hearthstone, most of the time you need to play every game like it was 
a final in a tournament, right? Especially mm. if you if you want to get to legend, that yes. is the way they need to play. You need to play to win and be very focused and think about every play and pay attention to what your opponent is doing. And if you don't do that, you you lose a, a lot of games. And I feel like I lose a lot of games because sometimes I just get a little overconfident and, and that comes back to bite you. Yeah, and it's funny because at the beginning of a ladder reset, you can assume, oh, these guys are low ranks, but everyone else was just reset too, so you don't even know who you're facing. Yeah, you never yeah. know who you're facing. Yeah, so so Billy, like, is that so, similar to you? You want to elaborate on that at all? It's very similar, but for me, it's a little bit different. Um, mm -hmm. Not necessarily underestimating my opponent, but for me, what it is is when I'm when I'm in a game and I, I've been in a similar scenario before, I just assume that I know the right play because oh yeah, I've done it thousands of times, right? So. A lot of the time, I'll just play out a card because I'm like, oh, I've been in this situation before and I've played this and it worked out perfectly. And mm. I, then I realize, oh, well, this is other card in my hand that actually would have been better. Oh, okay, whatever. And I just kind of go about the game and then I never play that second card. So from, for me, it's just like instinct reactions. Like, and I don't use my entire turn. Like, I, I could be thinking about my turn a yeah. lot more, but because. I kind of second monitor Hearthstone a lot of the time where I'm kind of glancing at it while I'm listening to a podcast or something like that. Yep, um, podcasts are the devil. No one yeah, should do that. Right? Terrible waste of <laughs> mental energy. Or, or Netflix, a lot of the time, uh, you know, I yep. I just kind of instinct to make my plays. It's like, oh, I've done this before. This is the right yeah. play. And then I later on realize, well, I could have done something different there. I think that's a really good point because it's easy in Hearthstone, like you said, you do something. It's it's a repetitive game in that you're playing the same deck repeatedly and often facing the same decks repeatedly. Yeah. But what you don't necessarily see under the hood is all of the potential variables, like what stage of the game is it? What cards have you drawn up to this point? What cards have they drawn up to this point? How has the meta shifted in small ways? And like every turn can really, you could analyze every turn up until the timer went down thinking about potential outcomes. That's um, right. Just you don't ask a uh, life coach. He'll tell you about that. <laughs> there you go. You have to. You have to get that dig in. <laughs> but it's it's not like you necessarily have to. You're also playing the game to have fun. You don't want to you know belabor the point every single turn. But it's easy to think things are simpler than they are in Hearthstone. Um, That's right. Sometimes, what's in front of you is very simple. Yeah. Sometimes the best plays in Hearthstone are really not obvious, and it takes a while to think about them. And uh, and you're right, Billy. Like it's it's really easy to fall in the trap where you you've already been planning to play a card on the next turn and once you the, the your opponent passes the turn you just tunnel vision into that card and don't even well, consider your other possibilities and i'm not saying not that that's what you're saying what I, yeah that's not necessarily but just not taking the not taking the time to think through your entire options and picking the the best one for that specific situation based on what your opponent on the information your opponent is giving you Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I think it's an easy It also happens with me, it also happens with trading. Like I'll be like, Oh, mm. gotta kill this this big one and I, I don't know, I just sometimes I you know, I mess up. And it's just because I've you know, I've done it so many times that I just feel like, Well, I have to be right. <laughs> yeah, I've I've done this five thousand so, times, I can't be wrong. Let's do this. Yeah. So <laughs> the moral of the story is take your time, especially yeah. in this game. Think it through. Yeah, I've, I've actually found the same thing. I mean, I think we all probably share all weaknesses to some degree or another. 
Um, and this one, I, I wouldn't have listed it as my first one, but I've definitely run into the same problem where you start playing automatically or you go on autopilot and you assume, well, it's not like there was another option for me in that turn. I play this obvious two drop and pass. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes you don't even see the other option if you don't think about it and look at every turn. Yeah, and there will be those so. turns. There will be those turns where you literally don't have, you <laughs> just have like one option and that's it. But yeah. most of the time that's rare. Yeah, exactly. And And you can't like, it's the kind of risk of like, it's when you assume you know the right answer that you're going to make the misplay. So you kind of yeah. have to treat every turn like it could potentially have another outcome. Yeah. This is why I can't hit Legend, because it's like a grind, right? So like, what happens is I play pretty good up until like rank yep. 8, and I start getting bored, and I go into autopilot mode and start making yep. mistakes. Yeah, that's why I think the whole grind to Legend, the idea that that is what makes you the best Hearthstone player is reaching that rank, can be... Um, I think actually make players worse at playing Hearthstone because if yeah. you just play <laughs> half or a third as many games but focus on all of them, I think you'll have more fun, find them more rewarding, and actually get better at the game than if you just try to autopilot through hundreds and hundreds of games. Yeah. So it's kind of the tact I take is I don't I I'm trying not to care too much about the rank, but not in the way that I'm like I don't care if I win or lose, but in the way that like I don't think it really reflects what I'm learning about the game. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. And the latter is a huge time commitment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and talking about time commitments, how about that for a sake? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Andres, Andres is taking is over so his host. Good job. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. I feel threatened all of a sudden. <laughs> Andres. Uh, there you go. Moving the show forward. <laughs> all right, uh, Andres. Yeah, go on to your topic. Here. But, yeah, that's uh, pretty much the topic I wanted to talk about for tonight. It's uh, time commitment because Hearthstone is a game that requires some time commitment, especially if you're serious about getting to Legend and getting that shiny card back and, you know, getting rewarded for that. Uh, you yep. have to spend uh, a lot of time in it, playing a lot of games. And not everyone has that um, that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about how you can make the best use of your time to make your Hearthstone experience the best it can be under a limited time budget. Sure. I, as people probably know from listening to this show, run into this a ton. Um, I have a pretty busy life. And in addition to that, uh, there's a lot to do with recreation time these days. Um, As Billy has shown with Netflix, you can spend your entire recreation time watching TV shows. Um, I also happen to be a fan (laughs) of TV shows, movies, books, video games, um, it's just spending time with friends, et cetera, et cetera. So it can be pretty darn tough for one game to use up that much time. Um, but I still make a dedication. I think like more than tons of people to play a lot of Hearthstone. I think we all do. I mean, this podcast <laughs> we, is called Hearthstone. We wouldn't be running a Hearthstone <laughs> podcast if we didn't. Exactly. But <laughs> it can be rough to have that time, partially because there are so many things in Hearthstone to spend your time on. Uh, it may just seem like there are a couple of modes, but when you think about it, you could spend a hundred hours logging your stats in one deck and writing up a deck guide for it or something. Like you could spend that much time mastering just one thing and then the meta shifts and then you need to keep up with that. So like the amount of different potential ways to spend time on Hearthstone are kind of staggering. Um, so I think maybe like the first thing you'd want to set is like, what is your goal? Like, what do you want to get out of Hearthstone? What do you want to get out of Hearthstone? Yeah, definitely that should be your first goal. You know, are you just playing this for funsies? Do you want to become an arena god? Do you want to get the legend? Arena god. <laughs> That's the first <laughs> time I've heard that phrase like that. It's perfect. I like it. Yep, I like it. <laughs> but um, let's let's talk about maybe um, the experience focused on the latter, right? Since that is sure. the the main mode where most people play. 
Yeah. Uh, let's start with that. What? Wh- how can you get the most out of the ladder? Well, like, I think that. Well, oh, go ahead, Andres. No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I think the first like important thing, at least for me, that was so confusing was what is this meta people are talking about, and how the heck do I know without logging hundreds of games and writing down everything I'm fighting? Um, you know, like how do I keep track of what I'm going to be going up against? Because otherwise it's very hard to know what to do in a given situation if I don't know what I'm up against. Yeah, uh, that's very true. And I think that's one of the main things you need to you need to kind of do if you want to get anywhere in the ladder, right? You kind of have mm-hmm. to stay current at least a little bit. You have to spend some time knowing what's out there, what people are playing, what are you yep. going to run into, right? You can't, you can't go out there blind because you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, you be it whether you're using pre-constructed decks or creating your own, knowing what decks you're going up against are going to be absolutely critical. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would and say there's, there's many ways to do that, right? Yeah. You can watch streams, you can watch tournaments, you can uh, listen to podcasts, hint, mm-hmm. hint. Uh, <laughs> you can read articles. Mm-hmm. There's there's so much information about Hearthstone nowadays. You can go to Reddit. There. I mean, just pick your yeah. poison, right? And that's part of what was paralyzing for me is, you know, we were talking about how are you going to spend your time on Hearthstone? And then we're like, also, there are a billion ways to learn about Hearthstone. Yeah. So it's like, it becomes <laughs> By the way, paralyzing. that was perfect marketing. Plugging the show during the show. <laughs> exactly. I know. No one's going to notice. It's just like insidious. But anyway, um, f- so for me, what my favorite Hearthstone content has been for this particular purpose are when people put together meta reports. Um, for a while, this was the Magic Amy meta report on Tempo Storm. I think yeah. they're now doing a meta report. They're still doing it. I think it's hype that uh, has carry on the legacy for that. Gotcha. And for me, I've been using recently, Liquid Hearth has started a, I think somewhat recently, a power ranks that they run every week um, that runs through all the different decks out there, or at least the primary ones, has a bunch of different... We talked about it, uh, I believe, last week on the show. Uh, has pros rate them, etc. And in the most recent one, they even have like a chart. Um, oh, I did see that of the favorable and unfavorable matchups. Yeah, and like you could literally look at this chart and you would have a pretty good understanding once you read through one week and understand what all these decks are, look at the deck lists and hear the uh, descriptions of them. You can literally look at one image in this chart and have a pretty good understanding of what's out there and how they fare against each other. And that just saves so much yes. time. It's yes. insane. It's We're very fortunate that there's people working on this all the time and that they mm-hmm. have taken time to compile all this. Cause it is huge amounts of information. And fortunately, these are websites that can log in hundreds of games and can get a lot of statistics. So yeah. th- these charts actually have a lot of validity. And I, th- it's a really good chart, the one that you mentioned, the Liquid Hearth one that they've been doing, or any of the meta reports are great for staying and stopping the meta and um, seeing what decks are out there and what's good against what. Because it's important to know that what is good versus the deck that you're using and vice versa. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, and in addition to that, it's like you will be up to date, I think, mostly on a week's worth of meta stuff within like an you could read all this stuff in 30 minutes if you just want to glance through it. Um, yeah. And honestly, like most of the decks that they have compiled in there are like the vast majority of the decks that get played. Mm-hmm. And then the meta from week to week varies, but it's usually involving this combination of decks, right? Like some yep. of them become more popular Everyone's this week and then it drifts to the other one, but it's not like every week completely new decks are being made. It's usually the same ones, just rotating in and out, right? Yep. Once you spend a couple of weeks getting used to it, it's going to be less and less time commitment as you just have to look at what changed rather than learn all the information up front. 
Uh, in addition, they have all of the, they have a bunch of deck lists for each, often multiple deck lists for a single deck. So in addition to teaching you what decks are out there, if you're ever like, hmm, I want to try a different deck, this one place can be a pretty good source for you to get competitive decks from pros in any of the archetypes. Yeah. Uh, just on one document. So again, it sees you having to hunt around and look for what the top rated decks are. It just gives you a nice basic place to start and you can tweak and change from there. So I just have found this like, and I'm sure there are other similar sources. This is just the one I've been using. And I just like, it's so exceedingly helpful for just getting a start and how, when you talk about using your time efficiently to get a lot out of Hearthstone, this is probably the number one source for me right now to do that. Yeah, it's a great source. I agree. Um, good, good thing that you brought it up. But yeah, in terms of playing the game, like for you, Andres, what do you think about using your time most efficiently? How do you typically try to manage so, that? So that, that's a good start, right? Like know what's out there. Go check out the meta report. Go find your information wherever you want. But mm -hmm. know what's out there. And then the next step is pick one deck. One, maybe two. But in the beginning, just pick one deck. Go to the meta report and see what's good. Pick one from there that is being played right now and has a favorable matchup against all the stuff that you see it. And then concentrate on this deck, at least for a little bit. You don't have to just exclusively play this deck for like a whole month, right? But at least give it a, a, a full week. Just take it for a full week and play it. Try to play it every day. Because this will get you a lot farther than if you try to build six different decks and swap from one to the other constantly. One of the things that will give you an edge over other people is knowing exactly how your deck works, especially against other matchups, knowing what to mulligan for, knowing how to adapt your strategy uh, depending on the deck that you're facing. And this cannot happen if you just played a deck, you know, five or ten matches. You will not get the full grasp of the deck with that, uh, that little matches. So you need to spend a little time with it. Um, I would say at least 50 matches with a deck to really get a, a good sense of what it can do. Yeah, I think that sounds like probably a good number, you know, 40 to 50. It'll differ different uh, to different decks. Also, going back to our old discussion, I found it's going to differ a lot by how much attention you're paying. Like, again, you could learn more about a deck in five matches where you're actually really watching every turn, what happens, thinking about how much value you're getting out of every card and how you're using it, than playing 20 matches and kind of auto-playing it. So, again, yeah. when it goes back to using your time effectively, just be really invested in the time you're spending and pay a lot of attention, and you'll get a lot more out of that time than if you grind a whole lot of games. Yeah, I agree. Like, like we touched earlier in the episode, you know... Um, Play every game like it was like your final game in a tournament or something. Like pay a lot <laughs> exactly. of attention. I mean, if you're serious about getting better, that's how you should be playing it. And focus on one deck, uh, mm -hmm. at least in the beginning. Once you start getting better with that deck, maybe well, you can uh, move on to the next. I disagree with that. If if, if no, Billy, is, no if, disagreement allowed. You're ejected. If, no, if really. that's the, if if it is your if if it's the beginning for you, mm -hmm. um, I recommend staying very 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 far away from ladder. Um, I think you should <laughs> just kind of hop on whenever you can, get your daily quests done, whether in casual or on ladder, because if it's on ladder then and, and that's the only experience you're getting playing, um, then it shouldn't matter because you should be at a low rank. Uh, and then, Well, sure, if you're fresh and just starting out into Hearthstone, maybe maybe Once you've away, got, but... say, 500 gold, uh, I'd say just keep playing arena and i mean keep keep playing arena until you have a really mm -hmm. strong grasp of the game 
um, yeah. because it helps you evaluate cards a lot better than you will get from ranked because a lot of the time from ranked, if you're doing what these guys are saying, which isn't necessarily wrong, but if you're a new player, uh, you're going to go to these meta reports and you're just going to get, you're going to go, oh, these cards are good. Uh, and you won't <laughs> understand, you won't understand why they're good. But if you're playing yeah. arena and you're consistently playing arena, you're going to start understanding the value of cards and how you can determine whether a card is good or not. And that will put you in a better spot as a player than just yeah. kind of going off That's, of someone else's. Yeah, list. I guess we should have said like a little disclaimer right before this section. Like, um, for this kind of thing, we, we are kind of assuming that you've been playing Hearthstone for a little bit and you, you have at least enough to make a full deck right. and you know some yeah. of the cards. If I you're just fresh out of the boat, then yeah, more of what you're saying. Yeah, that's probably something to point out that's important for a lot of our discussions on this podcast is we're mostly talking about how we do things and our experiences with them and how we improve rather than talking about the new player experience in every case. Uh, and I understand so, that. I just wanted yeah, to make I it clear because point, that, that we never made that clear was, at all. Yeah, that discussion was very geared towards uh, newer players. So I wanted to. Yeah, point how out. we started to phrase it started to be like, when you're starting yeah. out, choose one deck. And I agree. We we probably got a bit off the reservation how to phrase that. Um, additionally, I would say, you know, if you're really new, try a lot of different decks and see what clicks with you. Don't necessarily just go with the first thing you play because you might not like well, that style. I, I so. don't think that's the right way to do it either because hmm. that's going to require a lot of either money or gold. So, oh, no, no, no. Yes. I'm sorry. Again, yeah. that would be once you have some amount of cards and you're getting into ranked. But yeah, if you're talking literally starting out, Arena is a very good bet. And then, you know, a cheap but effective deck, something like uh, Zulok. And, and stick to it. Don't like, don't, don't it. take a couple losses in Arena and be like, oh, this is a waste of time. Please stick to <laughs> Arena, because when I first started playing the game, I didn't. Yep. Um, and I I regret it to this day, because I suck at Arena. So Oh, Arena's so much fun. <laughs> it's hard to, again, have enough time for it. Um, so for Billy, uh, for you, how do you typically manage your time with Hearthstone? Because you've, in the past, had a ton of time to play Hearthstone. So I don't know if this has been yeah. as much of a problem for you. So I, over the past you know, year or so, I've had a lot of free time. Um, and, and that's obviously been great for Hearthstone. Um, mm-hmm. But if I did have a limited amount of time, um, I'd kind of just play the way that I mentioned. I would kind of exclusively just play Arena. Because mm-hmm. by the time... I get good at the game, I would be able to um, buy whatever. I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like whenever I'm playing the game as of right now, I feel like I need to drop money on it if I want to get something new, um, hmm. which is a bad way to play the game. But if yeah. I if I was constricted on time, um, I wouldn't feel that way because I would have spent more time on Arena. So for me, it's kind of what would I do rather than what do I do? Uh-huh. Um, but like I said, if, if I was in that situation and I very soon am going to be in that situation, uh, I, <laughs> I'm going to mainly play arena. Interesting. Yeah. That, that'll actually be pretty interesting because me and Andres haven't played a ton of arena recently. That would be a yeah, cool I haven't played much arena, but I, I actually agree with you. And a lot of times that I haven't had a ton of time to play jumping in and just doing a run of arena can be nice because even if you don't, all that stuff it. we talked about the meta is not as important. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like at all. Even if you don't finish your arena round, just go back to it later. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Although arena has like its own meta too, right? Oh, it's yeah. Not, it's not as 
as clear cut uh, as the ladder meta, but it kind of has as much. Like uh, I think it's can... broader. It's broader because no one can plan out for it, right? But there's still cards that show up more than others, and oh yeah, stuff like that. And there are oh my gosh, there are so many. I haven't even kept up with them, but arena resources that will tell you like specifically how to draft, yeah, and etc. And card rankings. And I'm a little bit wary of some of those just because once they're once you're inputting your data and they're telling you which card to pick i feel that maybe isn't training you very well or like yeah that, not- that's that's i was gonna actually say something once you were done with your point if you're new don't yeah. do that just stay yeah. away from any arena well i mean you can you can get like guidelines of how to draft yeah. um trump does a good job of tre- teaching people how to draft you can watch his like mm-hmm. i draft series or something like that um but you know it don't don't go to like one of those source websites where you in, like inject the data or whatever, and, and yeah. it tells you what card is objectively best there, because yep. you're not putting any thought into it yourself. Exactly. Um, I, I kind of like tier lists that give you an idea of what cards they rank highly, and then based yeah. on the situation, you can say, eh, I'd go with that one, but in this case, I actually think this is an A tier rather than a B tier card. Um, yeah. It is an adapting to your specific run, so you're still inputting skill, but in case you just don't even have an idea yet of what cards are high value and what aren't, that starts to kind of give you some patterns, and you can compare your decisions against theirs and kind of figure it out. So, cool. Yeah. And Anything the, else on this, Andres? Well, the last point I wanted to say for for the latter, mm-hmm. um, so we can close out this topic, is you know once you know what meta is going around, once you're very familiar with your deck. I feel like the the last step to really become good at it and um, improve your win rate so that with your limited time you can climb up a little faster is uh, learn how to play a variety of decks, right? Become an expert at several of them. So spend a week or two with each deck and then try to play as many as, many as you can because this w- is really going to give you an edge over all of the other players. Knowing exactly how a deck works is great when you're playing against it because you know exactly what to expect, what turn to expect it. You know when their hand is clunky. You know Mm -hmm. when they got a good starting hand and you will know how to adjust accordingly. And especially you will know when to capitalize when when you when you see that your opponent doesn't have what he needs and you and you will know this better because you're familiar with the deck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really agree. And additionally, maybe this is just me, but I find like the deck becomes a lot more meaningful to me, like when I know it well. Like I just have like I have good memories of playing my mid-range paladin a lot <laughs> because like you kind of build a bond with the deck in a certain way, kind of like a, you know, a Pokémon or something. It's yeah, like, for sure. You start to you think about Pokemon. all the different cards and how <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and how they synergize and you come up with some dumb name for the deck and it's just like it becomes it becomes, it becomes your more personal to you. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it is a net deck thing, like that isn't the end all and you be all. You still get you... connected to the deck. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so, so yeah, those were my three points for time commitment. You know, awesome. be informed of the meta, uh, practice your deck consistently and get good at it, and then learn a variety of decks. Yeah, and that's kind of what I've been trying to do now. Um, I think I'm at the stage where it's that, you know, take a deck and focus on it. In addition, Billy, I think I might be in that arena stage as well. I'm kind of excited to go back to that. So, um, yeah, I really wish I'd heard some of that stuff back when I was first starting because that's one of the hardest things to get a grip with, and it's it's still a struggle to this day because, again, there's so much to do and so little time. <laughs> Very little as the time. Trip goes. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to our final one here real quick. Billy, you have a topic you wanted to discuss. Yeah, speaking of little time, there's very little time left in the show today, so we'll yeah. kind of keep my 
topic short, but I wanted. Oh to man, talk you're about... all doing this. Good gosh! I know, right? Um, <laughs> I thought I would cool. throw my. I thought I'd throw my segue in because Andres nice. got one earlier. I thought we'd all get one. I thought <laughs> Very it was good. I, I was just good. want you to know that this is your fault, Brian. You, you I know I started, started this. <laughs> it's going to be puns next. Where will we go? Um, <laughs> what I wanted to talk about is something that has always interested me in Hearthstone because when I, for people that don't know, when I first started playing, um, I kind of exclusively played Miracle Warrior. Uh, sorry, Miracle Warrior. Look out. Uh, Miracle Rogue, and then when that got <laughs> nerfed, um, I, I kind of didn't have any other decks to net deck. So yeah. when I was messing around with uh, things to do, what I would do is I saw Razorfen Hunter and the fact that it summons in a boar, and yep. uh, I was like, oh, well, I can play this on three, and then on four I can play Houndmaster. And, and that was a thing I started doing uh, for a while. And I, hmm. I, I've always liked cards that summon in something else, but that something else needs to have synergy with something. So recently what I've been doing is I've been doing um, turn three power mace, hit something, whether it be the opponent's face or a minion or something, and then playing Dragonling Mechanic, which for people that don't know, the little dragon it summons in is in fact a mech. So my power mace, when I use the second charge on it on turn four, is going to buff my little dragon to, I think, what is that? It's like a four, three? Four, three. Yeah. Yeah. So I get a four, three three and a two, four on turn four. Um, which is yeah, really, really good. Shabby, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. I like cards. I want to see more cards in the future that summon in something else. Um, maybe something. I mean, we've already kind of seen something with um Silverhand recruits, but maybe something else with Silverhand recruits. Like maybe change Silverhand Knight. Um, I think is the name of it, where you play it and uh, it summons. It's a four, four attack, four health guy with five mana. Uh, and it summons in a 2-2, and he's a squire. Maybe they could change him to, like, a silver hand recruit, so he has synergy with, say, Quartermaster or something. I don't know. I, I want to see more cards that have synergy when you, when you summon so in something else. So they, they kind of added one more, right? With this expansion, we got the Imp Gang, gang Boss, which kind of yeah. does that? Yeah, kind of. That's, that's kind of what I'm looking for, but I, I kind of more want it to be a battle cry, but I guess it doesn't really matter. But... Same with, the, with really the dragon egg. Like it's kind of that in that line too. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, I'd kind of like the minions to be playable on their own as well, uh, <laughs> rather than you know dragon egg. Um, <laughs> Actually, another one. Doctor Boom has a battle cry that kind yeah. of doubles. He gets mechs out there. In addition, he had death rattles, which in the advent of Undertaker uh, was kind of huge as well. Yeah, could, you know, late game. Back I, actually, uh, I've been playing it in my patron warrior. And yeah. Dr. Boom has synergy with the uh, Warsun Commander. Oh, yeah. You know what is worse than uh, Dr. Boom on turn 7? Dr. Boom on turn 7 with Boombots with Charge. Yeah. yeah that is insane. so devastating. I think every time I've been able to pull that combo off, I, I've won that game. It's fantastic. Another another pretty obvious one, I guess, is the uh, Murloc Tidehunter. Because it summons yeah. Murloc, and Murlocs right. have synergy with everything. And there you go. <laughs> I want to see more I want a card like that. that is a Dragon have... Murloc mech. Dragon nice. Murloc mech. Wow. <laughs> Just imagine what it would, the art so for that would a be. a mechanical Murloc that has, like, wings and blows I fire. I kind of want to see, like, kind of like the Murloc <laughs> from Murloc Scout, right? I just want to see his eye, and then I want to see kind of like a, a robot shell, and then, <laughs> like, a dragon breaking out of the shell. Oh, my gosh. That is actually really cool. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of awesome. But it yeah, do you guys have any any ideas of, of, of cards they can make? Like I said, the main one that I would like to see 
um, would be something like Silverhand Knight, where it's a four four for five, and someone's in a two two. But that two two yeah. is a Silverhand recruit because we've never seen like the- a bigger Silverhand recruit, and I want to see stuff like that. Oh, well, I see. other than like quartermaster, but uh, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why that reminded me of this article that was re- I was reading today, and uh, I should probably know. Uh, I should probably note reference the right article because they were talking about um, this thing in Hearthstone where big minions are not played not because of big game hunter or stuff like that, but because it's too much of an investment for you and it's too easily answered, right? So I don't know. It just occurred to me that, like what you said, um, a bigger minion that maybe summons another guy. So it kind of splits itself in two. Um, Yeah. Here it is. It's over in Gosu Gamers, and the article was written by... Let me find it right here. Stefan Smandi Saudikana. And he wow. he touches he touches on uh, that Brian Kibler article about Big Game Hunter, where yes. he was saying, I got the fun in my sights. That's the name of the article that Brian Kibler wrote. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. And it was a critique to Big Game Hunter and how he was ruining the the higher mana curve uh, of creatures because you couldn't play anything that had seven or more attack, right? And he makes a very valid point where he says that Big Game Hunter is not the one who is ruining things, but in fact is other very efficient answers such as um, um, Shadow Word Pain mm-hmm. or the Heart Removal. Wait, you mean Death? I mean, yeah, Shadow Word yeah. Death. Yeah. I uh, severely disagree with that. <laughs> but I'll, Because I'll think, of, think about this for a second, though, before before disagreeing. Uh, too late. For the player who plays the big minion, he pretty mm-hmm. much spends all of his resources, right? It, it pretty much takes the whole turn to play a big dude. And then your opponent has the chance of removing said creature for a reduced cost, giving him tempo advantage or the advantage to get ahead of you. Uh, and it's a mechanic that is very much intended because that is a way to come back when you're behind. Yeah. But it's also what's keeping a lot of minions from being played. Um, for example, Troxor, right? Such a good creature. Uh, and everyone was saying, oh my god, this is going to be great. Everyone's going to play this. It's going to destroy a miracle. But what happened? Troxor never saw play. And it, up till this day, nobody plays Troxor. It's because Miracle was already dead. So Troxor had nothing to kill. <laughs> or maybe his needs. Or maybe... Mogor the ogre. I think the reason people play Sneeds though is because it it is slightly more resistant to what you're talking about because even when they expend resources to kill it, at least you have something as opposed to something like, you know. Right. uh, But it could also still get silenced and Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. But um but yeah, it was it was a cool point because um it's something that's gonna keep big creatures or hearthstone kind of at bay, especially because the meta is so centric on like small minions that uh, are also really efficient and effective. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, let's say you have two small creatures on the board and your opponent plays a big dude and then you can get rid of the big dude and then play another small creature, then you're um, at a huge advantage, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously the weakness of a lot of small creatures is AoE, which is kind of like, you know, the, the two counter. There's like, if you have a bunch of small stuff, it can be removed by wrath effects or AoE effects, but if you have one yeah. big thing, it can be removed by certain effects. But like, 
you were talking about how this could factor into the the summoning thing like you're talking about a yeah maybe splitting splitting like let's say you play a big card and the card maybe doesn't go into one basket right one creature but it maybe generates two valley creatures or two two good creatures that are maybe like mid-rangey or something like that so kind of like the uh the silverhand knight but on a larger scale like yeah, nine like a legend, like a legendary that does something like this, so that if because mm. let's say Doctor Boom, Doctor Boom is a good example of something oh, like yeah. this, and the reason why people play him a lot, even with Big Game Hunter around, and that is that even if they get rid of Doctor Boom, you still get a lot of value from your Boom bots, and those Boom bots can really put you back in the game or wreck your opponent's board or even give you lethal. Um, so even if it gets removed, you don't lose all of your momentum. Yeah, I think I think you're totally right. That's one reason Boombot got so big. Um, and I, I, I'm curious if they're going to keep that success or build on that success by creating other minions that do something similar, or if they're like, okay, Doctor Boom became way too ubiquitous and be way more careful when implementing that sort of thing. Yeah, so it's pretty much like spreading the liability on these cards, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's actually a good way to put it. It's like it's lowering your risk by spreading into something else. I think that's kind of like the whole point around Silverhand Knight. Um, is your for one thing six six stats for five isn't isn't very bad come to think of it, but no. it doesn't have any other effects really. But it, it's the idea of it like mitigates its risk by splitting it. Um, yeah, not just getting. And if anyone wants to uh, read the article because it is a really good read, it's sure. called "The Faces of Inverse Effort: Why We Cannot Have Fun Things," and it's <laughs> on uh, GozuGamers.net. Interesting. I think it's. I think that's another reason that like large things that have at least some effect when you play them are a lot more playable than things that you have to wait. Like Trogsor, typically you have to wait, but something like Tharasand, even if he gets removed and, you know, they spend half as much, you get so much mana back yeah, from exactly. the very first Or like uh, Ragnaros, where you get immediate yeah. value. Yeah, for sure. Um, even like yeah, Kel'Thuzad, like Kel'Thuzad playing on his own is terrible, but if you have minions to sacrifice on the board, then it's worth playing, even if you lose it next turn. Exactly. Kalfazad would actually be amazing if he brought himself back from the dead. <laughs> be retarded. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the worst card in the game, but hey. I know. This is one reason I don't design cards, because I, <laughs> I love it when Andreas says something I'm like that would be retarded. Because you never hear Andreas complain about anything. So like when he says something like that, it makes me so uh, happy. It means that that is a truly awful idea. <laughs> Speaking of truly awful ideas, we should probably close out the show now. Um, yeah, you mean, you mean two minutes there. late? Uh, yeah, that, two minutes what... late. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> now that we're, we're going too long, that's the time to stop it. Once people are just getting sick of you. Is I love that we had uh, a concern. Well, not a concern, but like this was our first week going into not having, you know, a, a very easy formula of, yeah. um, you know, this card came out, this card came out, and here's what we're looking forward to next week. Uh, that way we would be concerned. Uh, well, not necessarily, like I say, concerned, but like, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, a first, it's the first one. It, it was, we were curious to see if, if that would work, and we've How gone too long. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah we, the problem we're having now is that we talk too much exactly man uh, oh I, that is a that's an okay problem to have if you're a podcaster <laughs> better than the alternative absolutely um yeah i mean we could have gone the whole episode just talking about the weaknesses topic that one i know itself. that one went for ages that was a good one yeah indeed so let's hope let's hope next week is just successful um in the meantime everyone if you want to find us on twitter we are at hearthaholics 
check us out on YouTube. We're Hearthaholics, a Hearthstone podcast. On Facebook, we are the same. Uh, you can also see us on whalesorrails.com. By the time this goes up, we should now have front page real estate there as we're uh, fully a part of the Whales or Whales network. Woo-hoo! So yeah, just go to whalesorrails.com and you'll see our show page there and you should be able to check out uh, Andres and Billy's bios on the About Us page, etc. Billy and, and me are might- very excited about that, by the way. Wells and Whales is a great website. It's an awesome network that you guys have spent a lot of time and dedication getting together. And uh, I'm sure that I speak for Billy on this too. We are very honored to um to be in there with you guys well thank you i'm i'm honored to have you guys in it's been so rad to to meet people that are so in my opinion great at podcasting and great to talk to and have more people to work with especially people who are also into hearthstone so thank you guys so much for doing this yeah for sure you have Uh, no idea how much that means to me that was such a nice (laughs) thing to say thank you Oh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, people, you can hopefully hear their voices also on the Whales or Whales podcast, which is our weekly podcast where all the people from Whales or Whales get together and just talk about literally anything. It's pretty stupid, it's pretty silly, and it's incredibly fun. So you can see that on the whalesorwhales.com front page as well. Uh, other stuff we do. We actually need what we're leaving to go do right now is the game night we do for the Angry Chicken. Um, I started uh, putting people together to play Hearthstone over Google Hangouts on the subreddit there at the Angry Chicken quite a while ago, and that's actually how I originally met uh, both Billy and Andres. We are all Angry Chicken fans. That's so right. yeah, just check out the look up Angry Chicken's uh, subreddit, and you can find my post there every week, and check out the game nights if you want to play with us. It's every uh, Tuesday at 8 p.m. CST. Um, let's see here. Finally, if you want to find us personally on Twitter, I am Lord Meldor. Billy is B Brawley, and Andres is I Play Games. That is spelled I P L A I Games. Our intro music is created by Andres and his. Is it Massive? That's right. M A S S E V E. Massive music. Awesome, and that is his music production studio. Does a lot of work for Twitch and YouTube type content, so just definitely check him out. Is there like a website for that that people go to? Yeah, people can go to massivemusic.com. They can also check us out on soundcloud.com slash massive, and uh, all of our music music is up there to be streamed for free if you guys want to listen to it, including the Hearthstone theme uh, for this podcast. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, and also finally, you can find us on Spotify and most importantly, iTunes, just for searching for Hearthaholics, a Hearthstone podcast. If you like the show at all, if you even like a little bit, leave us a five-star review. Be, you know, a little disingenuous there. Uh, leave us a five-star review because we would love to see reviews. I don't believe we have any up now. Haven't checked today, but yeah, it's super helpful for podcasts and getting Absolutely. traction and audience and all that sort of thing that's one of the biggest ways podcasts can grow is getting some uh, recognition on itunes so yeah if you like what you're doing and want to support us that would be a fantastic if way you to are do the so. first one to leave us a review you'll get a special mention in the show and we'll make like a, a big deal about it so go yeah, for exactly. it leave us a review you thought the perfect attendance badge was spe- badge was special the uh the first <laughs> itunes review badge is going to be the best thing ever you're going to be so it's happy better than most hotstone contacts confirmed Ex- exactly Exactly. It's going to be made into a Hearthstone card back at some point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sweet. that'll do it. Uh, lastly, as Billy said, he should be putting video content soon up on the YouTube channel for Hearthaholics. So <clears throat> keep an eye out for that. Is there is there anything else you wanted to plug, Billy? Uh, no, but that will, like I said, that will be up on Friday, which will be Saturday for Americans, and then Sunday and then Monday. And then we won't have another video until the podcast and then the following weekend. Perfect. Yes, sounds awesome. 
well, that'll do it for me, for Andres. Thank you for coming, Andres. No problem, Brian. It's always a pleasure to be here. For Billy. Thank you for coming, Billy. Thank you for hosting once more. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We will close out with this week's Flavor Text of the Week. Someone did mess with Tusker once. Once. Let the hunt begin. 